Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cork branch of ADHD Ireland will be hosting an event in Cork City next week and it aims to raise awareness of the condition among the adult population to discuss living and working with ADHD. I'm joined by Martin Finn. Now Martin is the Service Development Manager with the Cork branch of ADHD Ireland and I'm also uh, joined by broadcaster, podcaster and well-known mental health advocate uh, Keith Walsh who was diagnosed at the age of 49 and he's going to be the keynote uh, speaker. Gentlemen, good morning to you both. Hello, Trisha, how are you? Uh, you're very welcome. Martin, can I start with you um, firstly as the service development sure. manager uh, with Co- the Cork branch? I suppose start by outlining what is ADHD. ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Um, no, it's not a term that's well loved these days because it's a little bit misleading. Um, it's not actually an attention deficit. It's it's more that the attention is really unregulated. Uh, and so people with ADHD have plenty of attention, but the attention keeps switching. Uh, and this is why uh, people with ADHD will um, switch tasks, um, be unable to start tasks, be unable to finish tasks, um, you know, they, there's a lot of different symptoms there, but what ends up happening is that people with the condition find it hard um, in work to organize themselves, in relationships, to uh, remember important things, you know, collecting the kids maybe from school and this kind of thing. So I suppose ADHD at the point that in, it impacts uh, these major things like college, work, relationships, um, it's more than just occasional forgetting. It, it's chronic, um, and that's that's when people would normally go and, and try to get a diagnosis. And Martin, we hear about the condition in children, but are more yeah. and more adults now getting diagnosed? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it used to be that people thought it was only in uh, young boys, let's say a six-year-old boy bouncing around the classroom. Um, and then they discovered that it was in girls also. Girls have more the in, inattentive type. Um, it's more internalised where uh, the, the girl might be seeming to be doing very well socially and, uh, you know, doing OK in, in, in most things. But then the grades start to slip and, uh, you know, you realise that this child is very dreamy and very distracted and... Um, that's one thing. Girls were always missed. Um, and But we know it's in adults too. Um, you know, this, this talk is, is aimed at adults. Um, in adult life, it, it can be quite invisible too. Someone might present very well and uh, their lives can be chaos in the background. You know, they... they um, but they're they hiding be, it. They're, they're masking, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, we say masking, definitely, yeah. There's, there's a big element of um, trying to keep the truth from people and uh, not even being able to admit to yourself that at 40-odd, uh, you can't uh, you can't do simple things. 
Um, and so, yeah, it's very much in the adult population as well. That masking must be absolutely exhausting. Let me bring in uh, Keith Walsh at, the, at this stage, who, who was diagnosed at age 49. Um, Keith, OK, take me back. How did your diagnosis come about? Uh, so my my son was diagnosed. Uh, he was having issues with school or school was having issues with him or something. Uh, so his way of learning uh, seemed to be at odds with what was going on in the classroom. And he would, we would talk to a teacher and the teacher would go, God, no, Finn is absolutely wonderful student. He puts up his hand, he gets involved. But Finn would come home and be absolutely exhausted, sort of tantrums, tears, wouldn't want to go into school on a Monday. And so we couldn't put these two things together. How was he presenting in a classroom situation as you know, smiley, hands up, all that kind of stuff, and then coming home and saying, I hate school, I don't want to go in, whatever. So we sort of, you know, we looked at a few things, a few dead ends, um, met the wrong people, I suppose, and it happens, you meet the wrong professionals and they, they misdiagnose or whatever. Um, and then it was actually the principal of, uh, we moved to a different school and it was the principal of that school recognised what was going on and it was similar to one of our own children. So it was Finn, uh, my son, it was his, him getting diagnosed and we were going along to the meetings and probably uh, my wife more so than I, but we were both doing a bit. She was doing more. She was pushing it more. I was a bit more, ah, he'll be grand, whatever, a bit more relaxed about it. She really wanted to make sure um, this got sorted, fair play to her. Um, but also she was answering questions for him and as she answered the questions for him, she was thinking of me. So, you know, when you go through the, the the thing of getting diagnosed, you know, the your psycho psychologist or psychotherapist or whatever will ask you a series of questions and, uh, you know, depending on your answers and um, you'll get your diagnosis. So, so she was just thinking of me all the time. So she diagnosed me first, long before <laughs> the psychotherapist did. And she, she used to joke about it in the house, you know, that would be your ADHD. And it just seemed to fit, you know. So... I went and got a proper diagnosis then uh, once Finn was sorted. And yeah, it was, um, I'm a raging ADHDer. And getting the diagnosis, Keith, has that changed your life in any way? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say it was a relief. Like, I haven't changed as a person. I'm still the same, I'm still the same person. Um, I'm still the same personality. Uh, but there was a lot of relief because it explained a lot of things, you know. I was able to say to my wife then, look, you know, like there, there would be occasions where I remember one particular weekend I used to organize comedy nights. So I had a comedy night coming up on a Saturday night. And it was the same Saturday night that myself and my wife were going out to stay in a hotel and go for dinner um, for an anniversary. And also I had a third thing organized on the same night. There were both the three of them were in different diaries and uh, <laughs> possibly the same diary, possibly the same calendar. Uh, I was excited about all three of them and talking about all three of them simultaneously to different people. So I'd get off the phone from one, to one person and then I'd be talking to my wife about Saturday. And then uh, something I said and she said, what are you? What's this? Why, why is that comedy night on Saturday night? I was like, yeah. Um, and then she, uh, it was like I'd organized three different things in the same night. And, and that was not uncommon. But she felt very upset, uh, rightly so. She just because this was before I got the diagnosis. She was like, well, you clearly don't care. Uh, about me this is not important to you you've just you know and that would happen a good bit so 
it I was able to say to Suzanne, my wife, look, this is this is me, and she, I suppose, she felt a bit of relief as well uh, that I didn't not care about her. Yeah, that I was yeah. just a bit. I was it was just a bit ADHD, you know. And when when you look back at your your school days, I mean, what was school like for you, Keith? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I would have said I always said school didn't suit me, and 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 I would have said I hated school. You know, I really liked school up to a certain point, but there must have been a point where I just it didn't. It didn't suit me anymore or whatever, because I can remember like, you know, if I if I think of Miss O'Callaghan's class in third class, uh, Miss Duffy's class in second class and first class, you know, we were doing shows. We were you know, a lot of uh, uh, arts and crafts. We were knitting, sewing, you know, all the kind of things. And then we got into, you know, uh, I, I don't know who it was. Fifth class. It was serious. It was quiet. We were learning. Uh, there was things to be learned off. There was punishment if things weren't learnt off. They were preparing us for secondary school and the seriousness of... And I just went, nah, this is not for me. And just became disruptive and got in trouble uh, a lot. And kind of... I suppose you, you hear the thing, class clown. Yeah. Whatever. But, yeah. you know, your reports... Your, if you look back at your reports, even from then, like second class, third class, great, great, great. Fifth class, sixth class, could do better. Needs to apply himself more. If you focus more, more on the work, you know, if you focus on the work like he does on the football field or something, you know, so it was like I focused, hyper-focused and loved things I loved. I had no interest in certainly learning in that environment. And I know that now looking at Finn, how he learns and how clever he is as well uh, once he's given the opportunity to learn in a certain environment. Can you see a difference in Finn now that that he has had the diagnosis and are there supports in place for him? Oh, 100%. He had no interest in, he would go in and, and sit down and test and just say, I can't do it. He wouldn't even read it. Um, and he would be convinced that he couldn't do it. And possibly he couldn't do it because I suppose we learned that when it was being taught in the classroom, he couldn't focus enough or he couldn't write down his homework or he couldn't, there was too much going on, whatever way his head was going, he couldn't focus on what was being said and what he needed to learn. He couldn't grasp the bit he needed to learn. So he started then, once he got the supports, he starts going in. So he doesn't do Irish anymore. He doesn't do German anymore. So during those classes, he goes in and does maths one-on-one with somebody. So he's doing honours maths and he's getting Brilliant. 100%. Brilliant. Whereas he wasn't, he wasn't even getting a percent before. He's well able. Uh, and I, I was like, what maths? He, he said, I got 100%. And I'm like, that's amazing. What did you, what, what was the... So I don't know what the t- I don't know what it's like. What maths are you doing? You know the way like it's you know is it, is it fr- fractions or yeah, whatever? Yeah, the, the theorems. Exactly. Yeah, 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 or whatever you're doing. The thing. I don't know. I just I, I just know. Once I, just, I look at it, I know what I can do. And, and is yeah. is is a different language? Is is that an issue for somebody with ADHD taking on an, an extra language? I think it can be. Uh, I'd imagine like what what I loved about Irish, where I learned Irish best was when I went to the Gale Talks as a young lad. So I I learned through speaking with people, spoken words. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't do well in um, comprehension or learning in a classroom or learning the verbs or learning whatever. And the same with French, you know. But but if I spent time in a place, I would learn. You'd pick I'd it say up, yeah. he would be the same. And it's just not worth his time to kind of spend that time, that extra time on trying to grasp a language. It would just be too much. Like, But he would, you know, eventually, you know, or if he lived in the country. You know. And Martin, is Keith's story very typical as an adult, that it's only when a child gets diagnosed that they are, in Keith's case, his lovely wife's uh, spots. Yeah. You are the very same. Is is that very common? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's only when you're sitting in the room with the psychiatrist and you know they're talking about the criteria uh, for ADHD that you know the adults might say that's me, that's me, that's me, and they think about their own childhood and everything matches up. And of course, ADHD is highly heritable as well. It's it's almost as heritable as height. It's passed down generation to generation, so it's in families, uh, and those families are just wired that way like there's there's a high chance if you have a child and you've ADHD yourself the child would have ADHD also um so that that would make sense but yeah like this this kind of story is so familiar um people with ADHD have an interest based brain rather than an importance based brain so the neurotypical person has an importance based brain they can make themselves do even the most mundane tasks um because they know they know what the outcome will be, but people with ADHD, they only want, I suppose, the shiny object right now. If it's interesting, they'll do it. If it's not interesting, they find it extremely hard to make themselves uh, do it. And that, that's um, fundamentally down to the uh, lack of uh, dopamine. The way dopamine is processed in the brain, um, if you're not getting enough dopamine, um, you're, you're trying to generate the dopamine yourself. Well, how do you dop- generate dopamine? You might bounce around the classroom. You know, you might uh, find the most interesting thing in the environment at that moment. Um, and so that's that's what's happening there. So, yeah, very familiar story to me. Is medication a help offered? So medication, like the just going by the literature and ADHD is, is the most researched um, condition in psychiatry. We're told that 70 to 80 percent of people are helped by medication. Um, now, what we do at ADHD Ireland is we we we're on the other side of things in in that we provide uh, support groups and we provide education and uh, we promote acceptance. So we're not clinicians. We don't really go near the medication side of things. But um, but you know. The, according to the literature, it's it's a very effective treatment. Um, but we think that sitting in a room with people who are just like yourself, hearing their stories, can be um, very very effective as well and very healing. And you know, we 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 talk about tools and strategies. We help people create routines. Um, we we just give them tools in order to. To live their lives. Yeah, to, and it's, that's know. exactly what it is. It's, it's learning to live with it. Keith, did you go down the medication route? Uh, I did, yeah, Patricia. Um, and I suppose there are times in life that you have to get things done. Like I work for a company called Think House, advertising, PR, um, marketing uh, company in Dublin. And, you know, I, have, I, I work with them three days a week and I have work to do. I have things to get done. I have to sit at a computer. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't find the work interesting, but there are aspects of that job that I find less interesting than others. And that's the problem. It's a struggle. It's a dopamine struggle. So your brain is always looking for something even slightly more interesting. So the medication just helps you get up, get your stuff together, get the work done that you need to get done. And in getting the work done, you're sort of creating more dopamine for yourself by finishing a task. So the medication isn't necessarily, it helps you get to a point that you can finish stuff and then the finishing of the, the work kind of gets its own accolades and and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I find it extremely helpful. Also, 
um, taking the medication and allows me to do the work I need to do. Um, at the end of the day, I sleep very well, which would be a problem I, uh, with a lot of ADHD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I sleep soundly at night. And, well. and Martin, who are you hoping will attend next Wednesday's event? I think um, people who maybe are listening in the car right now and going, you know what, I, I think that could be me, but they're not sure. People who have suspected ADHD are people who have been diagnosed and just want to, I suppose, get uh, more information about what it's all about. And, um, you know, just, just I, I want people to, to realise that it's a very common thing at 5% of the population that um, that there are treatments for it um, and that just, you know, meeting people like yourself, you know, meeting your own tribe um, can be really, really helpful and, and, and life-changing. So, so yeah, I, I think um, just if you're curious and if you just, if you just want to find out more about it, this is Come a along. perfect talk for and you. And it's yeah. on next Wednesday night, half past seven in St. Peter's on North Main Street in yeah. the city. And uh, Keith, who we've, who we've been speaking to, is one of the guest speakers. Listen, we wish That's you both right. luck with it. And Keith, thank you for your honesty in talking about it as well. It's, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you. Thanks, Patricia. Radio. Thank you. Bye. Good bye. morning.